Hello, and welcome to episode five of season two of the LCLC podcast. In our first season, I reviewed the conference's storied past. As the LCLC's new director, I conducted this investigation as part of an effort to better understand the conference's appeal and its place in the history of American literature and culture. In our second season, I'm focused on the conference's future, both short and long term. I do so now in order to prepare for our 51st conference slated to take place this February 2024. I always wish to understand how this conference can better serve artists, writers, critics, and theorists going forward, particularly as these communities evolve and take up residence in cultural sites beyond their traditional locations within academia. In this episode, I resume my discussion with Ryan Angley. An expert on media studies, Ryan is an assistant professor at Pomona College. He's published his work in such journals as Comparative Literature and Culture and Continental Thought and Theory, as well as in such collections as Can Philosophy Love and Cinematic Cuts. He's at work on a monograph on seriality and co-hosts the popular Why Theory podcast with co-host Todd McGowan. I asked Ryan to join me today to talk about where he thinks media studies is going in the near future. With the deadline for submissions to LCLC 51 fast approaching, I thought this conversation might be of help to spur graduate students and other intellectuals new to our experience here in Louisville to finalize plans for their next academic paper. Our conversation begins with Ryan expressing his belief that new work in media studies has taken a turn towards contemplating a pair of questions raised by the psychoanalyst Jacques Lacan in his 11th seminar during a discussion about the gaze and its significance. Where am I in the object and where is the object in me as a, as a twin thing, not as two separate approaches that two different people in two different kinds of ways of looking at or approaching uh, fan studies could do, but but really, where where am I already in the object, and where is the object already in me? And moving forward from that uh, idea is, is, to me, I think is is like uh, I, I think could be a very big, uh, very big thing. I think it's it, 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 in in um, in in media studies uh, more more broadly, and and I just think like as a basic question, this is what this is how. Lacan defines the um, the the visual field the 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 gaze is this is uh, most famously in his eleventh seminar, and there's a very uh, the the uh, his story that he that he tells of being on the beach with someone named Petit Jean, which is probably himself and probably not even another person, and they see a sardine can out out in the water, and uh, his his friend says to him. Do you see that sardine can? Well, it doesn't see you, and it's in. It's I think it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a confusing uh, uh, story because what he's going to go on to talk about is this blot, this like this like thing in the visual field. Most famously, he uses the ambassador's uh, painting where there's the skull in the middle of it. This this point, this anamorphotic spot that sees you before you see it like so that's so he kind of makes that makes that turn it's actually this thing does see you and it sees you before you see it it's this this place where you're any attempt to articulate a kind of mastery 
in the visual field, it disappears. That's that's the the spot of the of of the gaze. And I think that um, what is uh, what is starting to happen in the uh, ways of thinking about reception and audience and viewership that I that as I say, like I gravitate toward is not imagining oneself as this uh, either an arbiter of taste, which is like kind of the more popular move or um, an arbiter of what there should be more, but but really like you are already implicated in in the object and the object has seen you first. And so again, I just go back to that that principle. How are you in the object? How is the object in you? And I think that is, uh, as you said, put my put my finger in the air. That is the, um, I think, going to be the like a, 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 of a of an emerging field. That's going to be an emerging uh, way to be a little bit different in that. And I think that's the that's the you know that's that's the most important thing is like. How can how can you do, and I and I would say this to any graduate student, how could you do what your field is doing, and, and I don't know what that now that and is going to have to be, down to your, to your interests and down to to something that is like that you're going to bring to table. But but it, it's it's um, if you if what you end up doing is if you're you're chasing where the where the heat is, and you get lost in that, and you're not developing. You know, it, it can feel overwhelming. I, I guess I'll, I'll say this is that because you do have to catch up in any field, no matter how no matter how small you do have to catch up with this conversation that's been happening for years without your involvement. You know, it, it's a, that 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 classic model, right, this, of, of showing up at a party halfway through and you're trying to like everyone's talking to each other and the, the conversations are happening. And you're just like trying to get the, the bits and the pieces. Um, and it is it is overwhelming and it's easy to get lost. And I, and I think the most important thing is that, like, when you find a footing in like what the you know, what the overriding principles are, you finding like finding your own thing to do that, to do that. And is crucially important. Mm -hmm. Are there certain fan kingdoms <laughs> that you uh, you would be excited to see explored in this uh, approach of how has the fan kingdom already seen you and mm. how are you implicated in the fan kingdom? What comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think what comes to mind for me is, um, so there's a, there's, and there's a lot, I like, there's a, um, a lot of, Frankfurt school that I like there is there is a lot that I kind of push up against which and I, I push up against kind of anybody anywhere who does this like I like I I find a lot of value in the popular and I think one of the most important things is to see the radical in the popular and I think if you can't which I think this is what Benjamin was really good at and I think it is uh there is it doesn't know. I don't know that it gets talked about enough, but there is that friction between him and and Adorno because he sees the mass as like as as the the side of uh, of of liberation. I mean, that's in the in the unexpurgated of the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction, or however the has been re canonically tr translated as the title. Like in that unexpurgated version, like 
Todd and I talked about this on a, on our podcast on, on White Theory that like he 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 uh, he even he even writes like Mickey Mouse as this like figure of the people, which Adorno would have never done. Like he would have never never said anything anything like that. Um, but a- anyway, so the finding the um, the that which exceeds the 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 popular and and not just kind of like finding uh, new ways of of re-articulating how ideological something like the Marvel films are, which they, like, of course they are, but there are, but like every, as, as someone who's committed to the idea that things are dialectic, which means that like, di- or dialectical, which means that like, they are going to, you know, they're going to under, they're going to undermine themselves at some point, or, you know, like, like nothing, like they're, they're, as I like to say, like, Basic, if if the idea of dialectics is is new to to anybody listening, it, it would basically just is contained in this idea that your best quality is also your worst quality, and your worst quality is your best quality, and those things are intrinsic, and they they mm-hmm. like can't cannot be separated. The um that's that's the that's that's it. So so some there, if you move from that principle, if you accept that principle, then again. In anything popular, there has to be something radical that would, like, again, undermine the popularity. And it's, it's the same thing. There has to be something in the radical, in the in the non-popular, in the total avant-garde. There has to be something that would catch on and make it popular, and would thus undermine its avant-garde status. You understand what I, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, like this sort of thing. So, I think, for me, that way of approaching the popular in any fan kingdom is the is the most important thing to, to me is that the idea that there is something like radical and potentially transformative. If you look at this object in this way and that, that, that I think is huge. I phrased it this way, that there has to be, there, there, there has to be this radical way of looking at the popular in the same way that there's a popular way of looking at the radical or the avant-garde, an avant-garde way of, of approaching the, 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 some, that which has mass appeal. And I think that that is, uh, that's very important. Do you think that this approach uh, marries itself well to some type of statistical or data-based approach that would uh, add a scaffolding to the theoretical paper, or are we still sort of purely theoretical here? It's interesting. I, I, so I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to data. Um, excuse me. Uh, I, I even think, uh, well, I guess I would think about it this way that like, um, uh, a a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine, Danny Cho thinks that like the best, uh, uh, Star Wars is, um, uh, uh, Andor, the, the first, the first season of Andor. And what I would say to support his, uh, I don't know that I that I that I personally sign up for 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 that or not, but w- what would very much support his uh, claim is I think it's the least watched of anything that Disney Plus has done for for Star Wars. So I think that like the there there is some there is something to the like. Of course, it's the most radical and the best. No one watches it. Like I mean, how often does that happen? Like like it's like. You know why were the, why were the Velvet Underground so influential? No one listened to them. It was like a thousand people bought that album, and then they all started a band, as the as the cliche goes. So I I do think so. I think working maybe in in like sort of like op- opposite directions that like, uh, it's in the mainstream. How well does something do in the box office? How well is something 
watched and and especially with streaming services these numbers are like i i find it so funny like oh netflix is hey this show was a top 10 and globally or or in the u.s like compared to what like as what number like like it is these internal numbers that we don't ever get to hear about this there's no mooring to them in the same way that there are nielsen ratings uh for example so but I, i so i think that but going along that line, which is that like some something like Star Wars is very popular, something like Marvel Cinematic Universe is very popular. What within that architecture is the least popular? Another question, and like that for might be you. so. So what is it? We have some sense of a topic or a range of topics. We've talked a little bit about methodology. We've uh, name checked some of the uh, the august dead figures. Yes. But what about the contemporary uh, paper or contemporary mm. scholar that deserves a name check? Who yeah. might that be? Um, I'm going to be. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I'm going to be a total homer on this one. My um, my colleague, uh, Kevin Winter, has uh, uh, just written I might, the book actually might be out now. Um, it's a. Uh, a book called Slim Volume called uh, uh, Get Out and Critical Race Theory. And it's coming out um, from uh, Bloomsbury Academic Press. Um, and he he's uh, he's a great he's a great scholar of uh, the of, of critical race uh, theory and film, but horror film specifically is his bag, um, as you would expect with writing a book on uh, on Get Out, uh, but also war. Uh, the war film and uh, and trauma. I'm not sure how much he has on on that at the moment, but definitely uh, take a look out uh, for for his stuff. That's Kevin spelled as you would expect, and Winter spelled with a Y. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you where. No, I'm kidding. It's the right after the W. Um, so him for sure. Um, also, uh, my uh, a friend from uh, she's at a University of Illinois at Chicago, uh, Anna Cornblue. She has a book coming out soon on uh, the topic of immediacy, which uh, is something I'm really, really looking forward to. I don't know that, she, so she's in a literature department. I don't know that she would consider herself a media studies person or in that, or in this, in this world, but I, uh, well, whether she does or doesn't, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to say she is. And I think that what she is going to, I haven't read the book yet, uh, but just knowing her approach to the topic, I think that she's going to be designating some really important ways of of thinking about media in in this book when we talked before you commented that today's media theorist was yesterday's literary or just simply high theorist studying Mm. at a place like duke where i went in the literature department under somebody like jameson Mm. um and when i was uh starting out in the in the mid 90s you had this uh, notion, I think, most strongly associated now with Rita Felsky and the limits of critique, mm-hmm. that that this turn to fan studies was a result of uh, the exhaustion of the hermeneutics of suspicion, a topic you and I talked about before. Mm-hmm. And that there was a sort of desire, a kind of Edenic desire to somehow go back to being just fans again. Why can't we just like this stuff? We want to like this stuff. Mm -hmm. And 
how much of that initial for me as, as an older generation than you mm. as an initial impulse is still operating do you think mm. interesting yeah i am um, so i you're right that that i think that is that's what uh, rita felsky's position is but i i i i don't think um i don't i don't I don't agree. I don't agree with the premise of of why the fan studies turn happened. I act. My supposition is that it has to do with avoiding the issue of uh, industry and uh, distribution. So in fan in the idea. So one of the um, I, I guess um, so. His name's Frank Kelleter. He's a German scholar uh, who does a lot of work on serial media. And he has this idea of, of uh, seriality as a uh, pra- it is a practice of culture. It is not a narrative formalism within it. And I think in that idea is it, you see exactly what people are trying to do in, in fan studies and also what people are trying to avoid. Because the idea of like especially like in the Frankfurt school kind of thing, like, like the, the culture industry, like, like Hollywood, like these, like Netflix. I mean, you could, it doesn't matter where it is. Like these forces are so strong that they, it's really easy to lapse into this thing that like they determine what's popular. And I think part of the fan studies turn is a, is a reaction against that. It's, it's like, no, 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 no. They can put out whatever they like, but it's actually the fans and these communities that give it meaning. And I think that that that's I think the heart of the of the the fan studies turn is that is this idea that like we on the on the base make the meaning, not the superstructure. I think it, it, and I think that's it's it's a way of avoiding that uh, quagmire. I don't know that I've read anyone interrogated in that manner exactly, but I, that's what I think is going on. Um, I I know that. Uh, I do. I, I can also see the like. I don't know. Uh, this idea of like like returning to like a like an innocence of, of of reading something like the way that when you were a child and you just why do you like it? Because you just like it. You know, like I I I know that's that's part of um, uh, uh, Felsky's whole whole thing, um, and I do understand the uh, the appeal of that, which is in some ways that's the appeal of immediacy. But I think that that like what people latch onto is. Um, always the depth in the surface. And I think that's, it's, it's not a, that, that is, I think is really, really crucial is it's not, there is the surface level of a poem or whatever. And then you go to college and you learn the depth of it. And that's the, like the hermeneutics of suspicion, like exhausting people. It's like the, the depth that any depth that could be pulled out is it's, it's, it's right there. It is right there on the surface. What may be a final question for you today. And hopefully we can. Okay do it again some some later time down the road but the other thing that you talked about as a a kind of exhausted thread to avoid uh, as we give advice to uh, those brave souls who are setting off at a very interesting time into intellectual waters that if we have that sort of Felsky backstory of mm-hmm. why can't we just love this stuff? I'd like to talk about how much I like it. Mm. And 
we we set off into a very interesting discussion about uh, a different way of of thinking through what it means to be a fan and how to engage mm-hmm. in analysis of of fandom and mm-hmm. so forth that you also mentioned that you don't want to be that paper that rises to the top when I or some other discriminating reader who's a gatekeeper in a moment uh, and, and go, wait, this is going to be about some sort of return to value Mm. and to being uh, the uh, super egoistic value arbiter Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I and those fans like me have it right and here's why and mm-hmm. here's why those fans who think differently are, are wrong. woefully wrong <laughs> right right now, right right now personally i find this this uh which i agree with you it's a tired turn mm-hmm. um uh, not that not that i uh, don't sometimes feel the appeal to turn to it myself but that it is a um, it is a moment for me where the contemporary uh, theoretical conversation is uh, suddenly seized mm. uh, by an earlier critical spirit, uh, the the same one that Felsky is talking about, mm-hmm. namely that you know it, it, the the idea that uh, before theory arrived, what English professors did was teach taste. We sure. taught taste. And now that we don't teach taste anymore, uh, that opening has been seized by uh, this new generation of fan uh, analysis. Mm. And they're they're now going to become the arbiters of taste because the seat is vacant. Mm. Now, w- what's your what's your thought on that and and what might be some tests? Uh, for graduate students to to realize when you know they shouldn't be occupying that arbiter, or they shouldn't mm-hmm. let the paper go into uh, you know this is a top ten list of my favorite Rolling Stone <laughs> albums or, or whatever right. it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, it's a great question. I think um, uh, to me, I think that would be that's what splits um, the the popular from the academic, and I think it splits the. Uh, the theoretical from uh, a what's the what's the what, what word do I want to like making it like it, it, it separates uh, being theoretical from being taxonomical like like making a like making a making a list is like you you're this doesn't matter how rigorous your list is this like this taxonomy of you know stones albums or whatever it is uh, or why you think black and blue is critically underrated you know what I mean some whatever that right. is like there's a which I, I I think, but it's it's um like that Go that has its soup man. That's right. That's right. Well, the, <laughs> these conversations have they have their place. They totally have their place. I think it's um it's I I guess and, and maybe if someone would say like this is gate gatekeeps that kind of like popular thing from the academic. I just think the it's it's not so much that it's like you run into a you run into this thing where like so what. I think the so what is just like well that why like I just I like it more and then there's less like the like the phrase is like under, I even used it a second ago underrated what how are we going to quantify that it's just like 
it's it, we're going to get data on how much this is talked about versus other ones and then that's going to like support the 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 claim we're going to add data to it and and i think the i, I think it's it's also it, it's not a very i don't think it's a very vulnerable way of doing this work either i actually don't it, it seems like you're putting yourself out there by saying how much you like something or what your favorite is but really you can always fall back on it's like well it's just like my it's like the the great was it that great line from the big lebowski well that's just like your opinion man like what uh so you always have that to fall back on and and you you don't have to have to put a take out there i i think is the is is one of the 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 key the key things there and one of the, the the key differences and i also think that it's how you can avoid this is to not talk about content but to talk about form like what is the form of the popular you know and, and rather than rather than content and how i'm defining form and how i define it in my book manuscript uh will uh, on seriality, we'll see when that. Well, maybe we can talk when closer that 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 becomes a reality to being out there. But form is that which uh, remains stubbornly the same across varied iterations of appearance. That's what form is. Form is like this this just this knot you, you uh, that you can you can tie across things that seem disparate. That's how we see form. I like to ask my students in the TV class, what does Netflix mean without without any reference to a kind of content that they offer what does netflix mean what is, what what is, what, is, what is netflix without talking about any of their content what is it and so the answers that people tend to give i mean i think these are the right ones is choice right like there's just there's lots of choice uh there's a a, a kind of uh, a, a a belief in the, like putting huge amounts of something out all at once as a, like to be, you know, to be, to be binge in this way. Like that's a, that's a, that the form with which they do their business is itself an argument that's worth attending to. And I think that's the, like, that's the shift. Like don't, don't talk about an evaluation of content. Don't talk about content. Like, but the, the form that you can draw across, uh, makes this most minimal gesture of getting outside of yourself only. And it, comes back to where we started, which is how are you in the object and but how is the object, you know, in you or in culture? Like it, it has to exist a little bit bigger than just you. My thanks to Ryan Angley for joining me again. If you like this episode, please consider hitting like and subscribing. Of course, it would help to write a review or recommend the podcast to friends. Above all, I do hope you will consider joining us for an upcoming LCLC conference in person or virtually. If you have questions or wish to learn more, please reach out to me, Matthew Biberman, Conference Director. Thanks again for listening.